And in Genesis chapter number 13, uh, we will in just a moment start reading in verse number 8. But I want to read this in chapter 3 of the book of Psalms, verse number 3. But thou, O Lord, there's that word Jehovah again, but thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter up of mine head. I don't want us to lose sight of that last phrase that God is a lifter up of mine head. We'll, we'll reference that multiple times today and uh, I trust that you'll get the connection here of our text. Genesis chapter 13, um, verse number 8, we'll start reading. If you know the story here, you know that Abram is told in chapter number 12 to leave everything and to go, and God would tell him when he got there where he was going. And so Abraham did what he was supposed to do, but he got sidetracked and he he saw a famine in the land and he went down to Egypt. He got in trouble in Egypt, but God brought him out of it and he gave both of these men that we'll speak about riches while they were in Egypt. In the beginning of chapter number 13, we find that uh, they went back to where it all began. They went back between Bethel and Hai, there in verse number 3. But now we come to verse number 5, and uh, Lot had flocks, he had sheep, he had herds, and he had servants, and they began to bicker back and forth. And uh, they essentially said that the land is not big enough for us, and so they began to fight and have harsh words. So verse number 8, And Abram said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we be brethren. Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right. Or, if thou depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted up his head and, excuse me, lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt as thou comest unto Zoar. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan and Lot journeyed east and they separated themselves the one from the other. Now if we can, let's skip down to verse number 14. And the Lord said unto Abram, after that Lot was separated from him, Lift up now thine eyes, and look from the place where thou art, northward, and southward, and eastward, and westward, for all the land which, uh, for all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed forever. Father in heaven, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your blessings. We love you. God, we pray that you'd take this message that you've placed on my heart. God, we pray that you'd give us clarity to get it out of my heart and into my mouth. And I pray that you'd put it into the hearts of your people today. God, touch us as only you can. Lift us up. Lord, bless those that have been in the altars. We pray that you'd touch their need. Lord, we pray that you'd hear their cry. Maybe it was of thanksgiving. Maybe there is a need in their heart. Lord, maybe there's a a beckoning, a drawing to you in some way. We pray, Lord, that you'd deal and touch and bless. Father, we thank you for your blessings. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
Again, I want to preach on this thought, a matter of choice. Now, we understand that this text that we've read today is about Lot and about Abram. If I happen to say Abraham, that's the same person, okay? We're just dealing with Abram before his name was changed. So don't shoot me. Uh, I'm not uh, I'm not messing up. I just had a slip of the tongue. Maybe that's the same thing. I don't know. Really don't care this morning. Uh, but Lot is a man that often has intrigued me. I, I remember probably last year, maybe 2000, I preached a message uh, about Lot, and I preached it one way, and Brother David and I had a conversation, and uh, shortly after that, David, I don't know if you remember this, you taught a lesson that dealt with some of the same things, but kind of flipped it and, and made perfect sense another way. And so the life of Lot has often intrigued me uh, because we see him, and, and of course, we have the whole of Genesis, so we can see where he's headed, Miss Leah. We can see the danger that's ahead of him. Him, but he's not seeing those things yet, and we can make assumptions about him, and we can ridicule him, and we can be hard on him. But I think if we, if we'll be honest with us, uh, with ourselves, uh, we may find ourselves there oftentimes as well. Uh, but one thing that that I've noticed, and I I uh, let me turn over here to Second Peter chapter number two. Uh, I, I've noticed this that he was not a bad man. Lot was not a bad man. It says in Second Peter chapter number two, verse number six, this is God. He's turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that after should live ungodly. Listen to verse seven, and delivered just Lot. This word just is not only Lot. He did not deliver only Lot. But he delivered just Lot. He was just in his ways. Listen to this. He delivered just Lot, but listen, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. And so he was not a bad man. He just made some bad choices. Y'all hearing me this morning? And so I want to try to preach on this thought a matter of choice. Herbert Locklear said this, Perhaps there is no Bible figure who represents so many men today as Lot of Sodom, where you can find one Abraham or one Daniel or one Joshua, you will find a thousand lots. And isn't that so even in our churches today? We find men of great faith and great substance, but then we find men that are weak in their faith and they follow their their own desires, their own flesh. And so uh, that's the, the idea today. And in our text, a choice is laid out in verse number 9, but then it's made in verse number 11. It's a choice to follow God or to follow yourself. And so, number one, if you're taking notes this morning, Lot lifted up his eyes. What was the verse that we read there in Psalm chapter number 3, verse number 3? He said, Thou, O Lord, and I'm going to skip to the end, art a lifter up of mine head. Who was David praising him for lifting up his head? It was God. What happened here in verse number 10? And Lot lifted up his eyes. It was Lot that lifted up his eyes. 
We see, number one, Lot lifted up his eyes. His first mistake was doing it by himself. His first mistake and your first mistake this morning when you are presented with a choice is doing it yourself. If you're, if you're a child of God, if you have made a profession of faith and you have got a decision to make in whatever realm it is, you've got a decision to make and you do it outside of God, you're going to be doing, and I know this is redundant, but you're going to be doing it by yourself and of yourself, and there will come trouble. Let's, let's go on. He, his first mistake was lifting up his own eyes. Next we see that he immediately saw what he wanted. Notice what he saw here in verse number 10. In verse number 10, he says, and Lot lifted up his eyes, or, uh, and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere. Now skip down to the, the very end. It says, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zoar. He was weary of the wilderness, so he saw the waters of Jordan. He despised the life of a nomad as he walked with Abram. He was in and out of one country. He was up and down a mountain. He was through a valley. He had to trod through a river. But he was sick and tired of those things. And so what did he do? He saw the gentle valley plains right before him. He loathed the heat. He loathed the lack that was in the wilderness, so he saw a land like the Garden of Eden, verse number 11 said. The Garden of the Lord. Can I tell you today that if you lift up your eyes, and you do not allow God to do the lifting up of your head, you will see what you want to see. All of the frustrations, and I'm messing my outline all up, but all of your earthly desires that you're, 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 you, you've not yet reached, you've not yet attained, you've tried and tried and tried and you've become apathetic and you've, tr- you, you've, you've become just discouraged in everything. You better mark it down that when you lift up your own eyes, you will see exactly what you want to see. Satan has a way. We often blame things on Satan and he has no, no even work in doing. But Satan does have a way, brother Jody, uh, to painting a beautiful picture of how it could be. Somebody help me right there. But oftentimes, if you're anything like me, my imagination from a young boy has always been wild and it can run rampant at a moment's notice. If we're not careful, our own uh, um, imagination will begin to paint things in brighter colors and, and in, in bigger pictures than what we are seeing now. What we're going through now may be a desert, but we see watered plains. We may see trees that are wilting and and seems like everything's dying around us, but there, there's a valley full of life. Oh, we may see a mountain that's rough on both sides, and we say, I don't want to climb it, I don't want to go down it, and so all of a sudden we find a valley that we can rest in. Lot lifted up his own eyes. Number two, Lot made the decision... This is, this is the, the point of the entire message. Lot made the decision with no godly influence. Y'all hear me now. Verse number 9 says, Abram said, Is not the whole land before thee? 
Abram said, Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I'll go to the right. If thou depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. He separated himself from Abram. As far as we know, Abram or Abraham was the only godly influence that Lot had. His daddy died. That's why I was always hanging around Abram. And Abram took him under his wings and took him everywhere. Now, there may be a problem with that. We'll see that in just a moment. But he separated himself from the only godly influence in his life. Both men, I mentioned this earlier, both men in Egypt in chapter number 12 had acquired riches. Locklear said this too about Lot. He said he could not pick a quarrel with his uncle. There was no reason that he could justify a fight between his uncle. So instead, he separated from him and picked a fight with the herdsmen, with the servants. There was no argument from Lot to leave. You don't see it anywhere. Abram stood up and, and Samuel, he said, Hey boy, listen, I don't, I want us to be at peace. We're brothers, okay? We're kinfolk. You take the left, I'll take the right, vice versa. Did I say it right, Ashland? Where is Ashland? You keep moving. Vice versa. Uh, uh, you, you, whichever way you choose, I'll choose the opposite. Separate thyself. Nowhere, Miss Samantha, did he say, Oh, Uncle, Uncle Abram, I don't want to do that. No, what did he do? He lifted up his eyes and looked and saw. So number two, Lot made the decision with no godly influence. There was no argument. But the choice was made there in verse number 11. There's, look what he says. Abram, uh, verse number 11. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves, the one from the other. There was no conference there between Lot and Abram. There, there was no words. There were no text messages going back and forth. What do you think about it? There was, there was no phone call. Nobody, nobody went and got Abram and said, Hey, Lot's trying to make this decision. Can you help him with it? Uh, Lot never said, Hey, uh, Uncle, Uncle Abram, I, I really need your input on this. I need to make this decision. This is one of the biggest decisions of my life. I need you. Nowhere was that found. But instead, verse number 11, he chose. He chose. A choice made solely upon his own frustrations and his desires. I've said it before just a few minutes ago, but when you begin to make decisions out of frustration and out of your own desires or your own defeat even, you will likely make the wrong decision. I, I told you that uh, that I've been writing uh, every day from Genesis 1 to here. Something I wrote the other day was this. Isn't it peculiar that when someone desires to separate from a godly influence, the alternatives presented will always look appealing and better than their current surroundings? You know, there's probably bigger churches in America's. There might be, I'm sure there's better preachers, might be better singers. I kind of doubt it. 
more comfortable pews, bigger youth group, bigger money. You could go anywhere. But be careful of the choice that you make. If you're making it well, um, we don't have any youth department. We don't, we don't have a youth leader. We don't ever do anything. This, whatever it may be. I'm just using that as one example. If that's your only gripe, I'd, I'd probably just get my heart right with God and stay where I'm at. <laughs> Music's too loud. Bring you some earphones or things. I, I used to go to a church, and I kid you not, the deacon's wife, if it got too loud, she would go. I mean, she would make a big fuss over both Dave. She would and stare a hole in you. And I, I wanted to. Miss Samantha, I didn't do it, but I wanted to turn it up even louder. I, I wanted to just... I don't know what this means, but I'm going to do it. Just see if it helped. He made a choice. It's peculiar that when given a choice that's surrounded by your own frustrations, the alternatives look better. That's what happened here. The option, Abby, looked better than where he was at. Number three, Lot's choice had hidden implications. We, to this point in our Scripture, we cannot be too rough or too hard on Lot. Later, we can preach about Lot and we could throw him under the bus and we can get mad about him and we can, we can fuss and fight about him. But right here, we can't be too hard on him because he doesn't know what all is happening. And can I tell you, just, just real quick, fast, in a hurry, the decisions that you make will carry eternal weight oftentimes. Good or bad. If, if you, if you follow the leadership of the Lord, they may run into trouble, Benji. They may run into trouble, but if you're following the Lord, He's right there with you, and He's taking you in that path for a reason. But if you try to make these decisions that must be made, out of your own desires and you're lifting up your own head, you can mark it down that there will be hidden implications and you're doing it all alone and you have no one there to fight the battle with or for you. Lot's choice had hidden implications. We could turn over to chapter number 19 and we could find some things that happen. We could turn, I mean, even before then, if we turn over to, what was it, chapter number 17, we find, no, excuse me, chapter number 18, we find, I believe it, it was chapter 18, that Lot is taken in captivity. Lot's taken as a prisoner, Brother Kenny. And Abraham comes to his rescue and, and saves him out of all of that. There's never any thank you. There's never, hey, Unc, I sure do appreciate none of that. He just went right back to doing what he was doing. So, maybe later on, Kurt, we can, we can give him a hard time. But right now, he's like many of us. He's making decisions outside of godliness. He's making decisions out of his own frustration. Listen to this. He had no idea what would come. He had no idea that eventually at least two of his daughters would love the lifestyle of Sodom and they would stay behind along with their husbands. Matter of fact, I believe at that point in chapter number 19, 
Lot's testimony was so marred, Brother Deke, that his son-in-law said, they, you seem as one that mocks. We can't believe a word you say. He had no idea that his wife would be so in love with the things of the city and her family that's left behind that at the warning of God and against the warning of God, she would turn back and turn to a pillar of stone. He had no idea that at, that his two daughters that did come out would defile themselves and him. And the offspring of that defilement would become two of God's people's biggest enemies. Moab and Ammon. He had no idea. But all of that, I need you all to listen to me. All of that was because one godless choice. Do you hear me, Nathan? One choice was made outside of a godly influence. And look at all that happened. It may appear well, but when it is all said and done, listen, every decision without godliness will have destruction. You say, well listen, I know godly businessmen and they, or excuse me, I know ungodly businessmen and, and everything they touch turns to gold and all of these things, it looks like they're so successful. Listen to me what I'm saying. Every choice, listen specifically, every choice made outside of godliness will end in destruction. You say, well, I don't understand. They've got houses. They've got vehicles. They've got business. They've got bank accounts. What about hell? There's a lot of folks today that they are trying to make decisions outside of a godly influence. That may be a boss. That may be a mother, that may be a father, that may be a friend, that may be a preacher. There's a godly influence and they're saying, no, I'm going to do it on my own. I'm going to do it my way. I'm frustrated. I've got my own desires. And look, this is so much better than where I am now. But I guarantee if they do it outside of God, they're going to face destruction. As far as salvation... You make a decision outside of God, or rather against God, your eternity, no matter what's in the bank account, is going to be hell. There ain't enough zeros in this world that you can put on that check to buy heaven. There's not. It may appear well, but when it's all said and done without God, the end is destruction. Trying to hurry. Number four... The Lord, the Lord told Abram to lift up his eyes. Oh my. We just saw what happens. We just looked ahead several chapters at what would happen if we lift up our own head. But here, in verse number 14, And the Lord said unto Abram, after that Lot was separated from him, Lift up now thine eyes. Let's go one step further. He said, and from the place, or look down from the place where thou art. He said, I don't even want you to move. Where your feet are, I want you to look. I want you to look north. I want you to look to the east, and to the south, and to the west. And he said, everything that you see, I'm going to give it to you. 
You said, do you mean if I stay with God, He's going to give me all of this and He's going to give me possessions? But I'm telling you, Brother David, you did a great job this morning. That every several gift, is that how it said? Every several talent, whatever it was, that's separate. And God knows some of us can't be millionaires. I can't even be hundredaires. He knows I'll spend it on something or give it away. I'm going to tell you something. We better be careful what God does give. Brother, I'm telling you, Brother David, that's good. What God does give, you better use it for the Lord. Better, I said you better use it for the Lord. And here, God told Abram to lift up his head. There's a difference in following God and walking by faith. There's a song in our hymn book. I think I threw them all on the front pew. But tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. What a song. What about trust and obey? There's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. It's a difference. It's different. Walking with God and walking by faith. I, I can remember before we moved down here, I, I preached on walking by faith. We sang 162 or whatever it is in the hymn book, living by faith. I care not today what tomorrow may bring. It's sun, 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 whatever it says. Miss Tanya, we used, oh, I'm going to live by faith. Well, honey, when it come down to brass tacks, and we had to figure out and I told somebody this week, it, it look, we opened up the checkbook and it wasn't going to make no sense in the world. I mean, calculator said, uh-uh, ain't going to work. I'm telling you, that revival night on that Friday, Brother Bobby, when I said, Lord, yes, he took care of the rest of it. There's a difference between saying you're walking by faith and actually stepping out on nothing and God taking a hold of you. There's a diff, and what Lot did is Lot was trying to figure it out. I was praying about something Friday, it's Thursday, Friday, and I said, "Well, God, here, here it is." But uh, Lord, I can do this, and 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 all of a sudden, I got my hand before God. I felt the Holy Spirit grip my heart and say, "Stop it! I don't want you to figure it out. I want you to have faith that I will take care of it." And I stopped, and I'm not told a soul about it. I'm telling you, and, and, and you're not going to get it out of me, but what I want you to know that whatever it is, God's going to take care of it. Miss Kim, you've got a foreign object in your body right now. I don't know what God's going to do, but I knew, do know that God's going to do. I don't know what He's going to do in that. But God's going to take care of it. It might be through the doctor's hand or nurse's hand or it might be through some miracle. I don't know. But I know that God's going to be at work in that thing. But you've got to have faith. They sing the song, Miracle in Me. Just, just the side of a mustard seed. Miss Jean, do you remember that piece of tape that you brought me that had like three pieces of mustard seed and they are all from different plants? Even the biggest one wasn't no, I mean, wasn't, wasn't no big. I mean, it was less than just... I don't forgot how to tell a measuring tape, Brother Bobby. It's about an eighth of an inch. I don't know so much that that is talking about that size of the mustard seed as much as all that mustard seed is going to do is just sit there. But if it depends on God, it's going to fall to the ground. God's going to send the rain. God's going to send the heat. God's going to make that thing break open. You see, it's got to die. Good God Almighty. 
It's got to die to be broken open so it can reach down into the ground. And that's God. That's God, Samuel. So that, that little mustard seed, it's got to depend on the water. It's got to depend on the sun. It's got to depend on the ground. It's got to depend on God killing it. Slaying it. Mortifying it every day. It's got to depend on God to break it open. You know, you can put three seeds in the ground. Not all of them all the time are going to open up. Depending on God. That thing gets up. Depending on God to get rid of those those birds. Those little rabbits that like to chew on the leaves. Depending on God. Finally it comes up and it's what it's supposed to be. I, I could be wrong. Maybe there is something in the size of that mustard seed. But I just wonder maybe if it's... We gotta have, we gotta depend, we gotta have faith for everything. We can write a check. We can run our debit card. We can pay cash. We can do things like that. Or we can depend on God and let Him take care of it. We went down to that meeting this week and the Lord, Lord provided for us. We didn't, we didn't have any worries going down there, Brother Jody. But, we got there and this little, little old lady, she couldn't hardly walk. Where's the Lord? Couldn't hardly, did you notice the first little old lady? She, she you know, she kind of walked like this. I don't think she had a cane or anything. But brother David, she, she did this last year and she gave me just a little bit of card. And in it was just a simple thank you and a hundred dollars from a little old woman. This was not the church said, okay, we want you to give this to her. Cause I found, I'll be asking these people, like, how does little old lady just give all these preachers a hundred dollars? She's been saving all year. <laughs> little little while after that, maybe it was the next day, next night, I don't remember. But they the preacher gave us a bag and it had some books and it had a little envelope in it, and inside it was a hundred dollars. See, they don't serve food down there. They have a school, and so they can't break down the school and have food and all this. So, so they said, we want to do something so they don't have to spend any money of their own. The next day, the preacher's daughter, she's not even married. She's, she's probably in her late teens or early twenties. She gave us, uh, an, an envelope, and she gave both girls an envelope. And help me, Braylon, was it $20? $20 in the envelope for both girls. And in our envelope was another $100. <laughs> because they knew that we need to have supper, have possibly breakfast, have lunch, have supper again. And so God provided. Now, what about that? That's, that's just living your life and depending on the Lord to take care. Now, we had money in the bank, Brother David. Wasn't no, wasn't no worries. But God said, you know what, I'm just going to... Who was I telling? Kurt, was that you? Kurt, was that you that I was talking about? Handfuls of purpose. Hey, remember, Brother David, remember old Brother Lance. Handfuls of purpose. Oh, my Lord, you need to get a hold of Brother, Brother, Brother Lance. Those handfuls of purpose, God just drops. We don't deserve them. Sometimes we don't even need them. And God says, here. <laughs> How in the world we get over here? We look, we look at Abram. God said, lift up your head. Lot's already made his choice. He made that around verse number 10 or 11, something like that, maybe 12. Now that he's separated from you, Abram, I want you to lift up your head. 
And I want you to see. Hey, Lot saw what he wanted to see. Now I'm going to let you see what I want you to see. Y'all, y'all better help me in here this morning. He said, he said, yeah, if you want to lift up your own head, you can see what you want to see. But I want you to lift up your head so you can see what I want you to see. I was looking at this thing the other day and, uh, I, 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 I googled, uh, Y'all spend some time with Brother Dean and he'll confuse the fool out of you. He'll start talking about some of the goofy stuff and he'll have you believing it. And so I was, and I, I, I was looking at how far it is, how, how far you have to go, how far you have to go to see the curve of the earth. He sucked me into this flat earth thing and he, and I was like, so I was looking at it. And I found this video, and oh boy, he started somewhere in the Mediterranean Sea, and he, he was a, he was a hundred meters, I think, from the earth, and he said, now from here to the furthest point of the horizon, it was a little over three miles, I think, that you could see. But he said, as you go further up, and he went up several times, he said, now the horizon is, and he got on up, now you could see a hundred miles, and you could see a thousand miles with your naked eye. No clouds in the way, you could see that far. I got to thinking, here was Abram. I believe he was on a mountain. I believe he was on a mountain. I don't think he was in a valley. Because Lot looked and he saw the well-watered plains or the valley of Jordan, the Jordan Valley. So I think he was on a mountain. Maybe it was, maybe it was one of these mountains, Bethel or, or high. I don't know. But he was there. And God said, look up. He said, I want you to look as far as you can see. He said, north, east, south, west. As far as you can see. He's far above sea level, Brother Bobby. So he can see further than we could have seen. Now he's on this mountaintop. He says, as far as you can see, I'm going to give that to you. Church today, if we will follow God, God will show us what He wants us to see. That's not to keep us in the dark. Not at all. That's to keep us in His will. If you follow the life of Abram and his sons and the children of Israel after they're dead and gone, they worked to get what God gave Abram or Abraham. That promise God gave Abram here on the mountain, the children of Israel finally, and what was it, Joshua? They finally entered in to that promised land. Lord told Abram to lift up his eyes. He gave everything that he could see. Jim Elliot said this. Man, at Bible study, I told you about Nate Saint and Jim Elliot yesterday morning. Jim Elliot said this. God always gives his best to those who leave the choice to him. I'll say that again. Because some of y'all have got to make choices and you're just about to walk into a brick wall trying to make it yourself. God always gives His best to those who leave the choice to Him. You've got to make a choice. Depend on God. I told you we couldn't be too hard on Lot. And I think the reason is this. In chapter number 12, verse number 2, verse number 1, He says to Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred. But yet, here he was in tow with Lot. Holding on to something. 
But finally, when Lot and Abram were separated, God showed him what He wanted him to see. Finally. We can come with a song of invitation. i got two handkerchiefs. may well use both of them. It's hot enough in here. Somebody help me right there. <clears throat> I see people who have never fanned before in their life. They're back there going... <laughs> I ask you this: these questions. Who is lifting up your head? The psalmist said, Lord, You are the lifter up of my head. Who's lifting your head this morning? Are you dissatisfied with all the things that have went wrong in your life? All the things that maybe it's too too hot, maybe it's too dry, maybe it's too rough, maybe it's too wet. You know, men and women, we're fickle. We can be in a drought and it start raining, we complain about the drought, then we complain about the rain. And I'm right there with you, I do it too. We complain about how hot it is, but when we get a cold snap, we complain about how cold it is. We're never satisfied. But if we make decisions based on those dissatisfactions, Generally, we're going to make the wrong decision. We must depend on God. You need to be careful making decisions like that because you will see what you want to see. Allow God to be the lifter up of your head. When you do, He will show you His desires for you. This morning, we could give an invitation to the young folks. Some of you young folks, or I guess maybe just one of you, graduating from high school, there's choices to be made. Some you've already made. But in everything, you have got to let God make the choice for you. You've got to let God say, Rachel, lift up your head. I'm not trying to be funny, but I guarantee if you go to a meeting somewhere, like a revival or camp meeting, something like that, somebody's going to come and say, hey, ain't he cute? And they'll try to set you up. Just depend on God. Let God lift up your head. I need some daddies and mamas to say amen right there. Let God do it. Young man, You've got to try to figure out the call of God on your life. But Kurt, you've got to try to figure that out. You know what God's called you to do now. You've got to figure out what to do with it. Let God decide those things in your life. Other of you young men, you may be dealing with a call. God may be knocking on your heart and saying, Hey, it's time for you to step up. It's time for you to walk by faith. It's time for you to go maybe into the ministry or to do something else. Maybe in service or whatever. You need to be willing to let God lift up your head because He will show you things that you cannot see yourself. Other of you young ladies, still in school, maybe in college, young men in college, you've got to depend on God to tell you the right way to go. Mom and daddies, we can help And we can be that godly influence. But David didn't say, Jesse! That was his daddy. 
You aren't the lifter up of mine head. No, no, no. He said, God. He said, the Lord is the lifter up of mine head. Some of y'all just got married or about to get married. Might do pretty good. Depend on the Lord. I don't know how we're going to do it. Don't know how we're going to make it. Can't figure it out. I can't either. But God can. Some of you have already raised your kids. Might even be raising grandkids right now. I'm not being crude or somebody else's. Depend on God. That boy, listen, I I may preach this tonight, I don't know, so I can't give it too much away. Just because your daughter comes out of Sodom and follows you, doesn't mean that her heart is where it needs to be. They're liable to defile their life and you can't do anything about it. But you've got to right now. Your kids may be grown or growing. You may be raising your grandkids or helping being an influence to them. Stay fast and firm in what God has led you and what God has taught you. Though they may go away, they know that even while they're in the pig pen of this life, there's still a godly influence back at home. Lot messed it all up. you got to make a decision this morning. It's a matter of choice. But your choice must have a godly influence. Maybe you've made a choice and it's the wrong choice. And you've done it yourself. You've tried to figure it out yourself. Now you don't know what to do with it. Let's just run back to God. Let's push the stop button. Let's rewind all the way back to God. And let Him take it from there. Dear Father in Heaven, we ask You today that You take the message. God, I pray that You would touch Your people today. God, I've given the altar call. Now You've got to give the invitation. You've got to draw people. Lord, if You if you need to deal with hearts, Lord, I'm dependent on You. God, we're going to sing a song and that's it. But Lord, if You've dealt with someone's heart, maybe they're here and they're lost. They need to get saved. God, I pray You'll save them. Lord, maybe they're here and they've made a profession and they put on the right clothes, they put on the right face, they try their best to do right, but they're still making decisions outside of You and they're about to ruin their life. God, would You draw them today? Lord, You've put godly influences in their lives and they've run away from it, tried to do things themselves. God, would You restore that relationship? Lord, would You allow them to follow that godly influence? God, maybe there's somebody here that is godly, young or old, and they're surrounding themselves by ungodly men. Ungodly young men and young women. God, maybe it's time for them to separate so that they can focus on You and walk by faith in You while the other make their own decisions. God, only You can tell this morning. Father, we ask You that You'd have Your will in our hearts, our lives. In Jesus' name, Amen.